Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you in 2022. And if you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod. We've got to catch up on all of the EPL action from December. We've got City on a Tear, the top six shape shifting to its expected form, Boxing Day, COVID cancellations galore, and a tasty 2 2 draw between Chelsea and Liverpool this weekend. But first, a New Year's resolution sponsored by the New England Revolution. In 2022, we're going to support goalkeeper Matt Turner and the U.S. as they win the World Cup. We're going to score the most goals again. We're going to collect the most assists again. We're going to get the number one seed again. And when we go to the playoffs, we're not going to choke. We're not going to leave it to PKs. We're going to win it all. We promise. Happy New Year's to all New England Patriots fans who have also heard of us. Thanks, Revs for sponsoring wow. footy fellas and the new year. Very thoughtful of them to join in. That was uh, your guys' pick to win the MLS Cup, if I remember. The revolution? I had NYFCFC. I said beginning of the year. Oh, okay. I think okay. If you guys can dig it up. There's a pod. I'm sure it's somewhere. But I definitely <laughs> said NYCFC through and through. Eli was like, not my team. No way. I was like, no, you got to believe in them. <laughs> No, I picked the fire. I definitely picked the fire. I forget. I honestly forget. That was last year. Like, it's hard to remember who I picked to win at this point. You know? It's a yeah, year ago. Yeah, what do you even, like, what, what do you even remember from last year? I can't remember anything, almost. It's it's like 22 round two. 2020. 2020 20, 20 round two. Two. 22. Yeah. Do you even have nice. a, like, what do you even remember from December? We're going to talk about EPL. Yeah, I, you know, I honestly think I went to Chicago for a little in December. And uh, got COVID. So that was fantastic. Went through that. Some of the fellows on the pod did go through that, like the, the EPL is struggling with, but came out on the other side. How are you feeling now, Ice? How are you feeling heading into this new year? Uh, feeling good. Feeling good. I've recovered and it sucked for the time. Don't get it. Um, but no, we're all we're all good. At the other at the other side of this thing, but I'm I'm still very much sheltered. I don't want to see anyone. So that's how my life will be until probably March when it gets warm, warmer. Yeah, we've got winter upon us. Not just you, but the weather, and uh, it's really a new year. Feels like last year sort of flew by, sort of took its time. Should we predict the winner of the MLS Cup 2022 right now? Yeah, let's do it. New England Revolution. Yep, New England Revolution. And that's not because they paid us. That's not because they paid us. No. I think they have everything that you could want from a team. They are from New England. Uh, They uh, have not won recently, but like they've been really good. Um, You said Matt Turner. Um, They've got Taj. They've got um, Gil. They've got um, Bruce. Yep. Uh, Jones. Jones. They got Jones. Walker. Walker. Oh yeah. And uh, Peters. Yeah. 
So feeling good. You think Revs or uh, someone else wins the MLS Cup this year? I see. I got to go with MNUFC. I mean, they're just looking extremely strong. Gotta love that three-one defeat first round Portland uh, this past playoffs. So they're gonna be coming with a little chip on their shoulder, looking to win the entire thing. It's doable as long as we don't start zero and four this season. Anything is possible. KG. That did make it tough. Shout out to KG. Anything's possible. It's 2022, and we're we're probably the first to predict the MLS Cup. So you did hear it here first. We're also going to predict the 2022 World Cup. Who wins the World Cup? Uh, it's going to be, well, it's the U.S. It's going to be the U.S. The U.S. had to qualify, but they're going to do it. Yeah. It's their year. This is going to be a fun World Cup. Yeah, I... Something in my mind tells me that Germany is going to put up a pretty strong fight. I think there's going to be too much pressure on France, and they might be cocky. Uh, so genuinely, I think Germany could make a run. Now, it's interesting for folks who don't know, but Portugal and Italy have to fight to the death to even get to the to the World Cup. And so a Portugal-Italy, uh, or one of those teams, will not make the World Cup, which is interesting. Because I do like Italy. Um I, again, don't see them winning at all in the World Cup, but it'll be good. I think I think there's not one dominant team, uh, so it's it's more fun that way. I think it'll be either the U.S. or Belgium, one of the two. Really, Belgium? Genuinely? Yeah. Genuinely, I don't think the U.S. is going to win it. Genuinely. Wow. Sorry, guys. Lied to our I, I did. <laughs> I did. I And I know I've built up so much trust, but I believe I believe that they could tell I was winking. That's, the, that's kind of the... The thing that you were I Harry winking. Fox. I was Harry winking. Depends where you are on the Harry winks. Yeah. It's, you're giving or you're receiving. You know yeah. what I mean? If you are, are you a Spurs fan or are you an Arsenal fan? Right, right. That's what kind of determines exactly. that. So, but the U.S. has no shot for real. The U.S., well, I, I think the U.S., it really depends on who's in their group. I, I think they should qualify. They should qualify for starters. They should make it out of the group. And then and then they could have some fun. We, it, it depends. It depends. Does Pepe, is he still keeping up? He's still doing what he does. It doesn't matter. Point is, I don't think U.S. makes it all the way, though. All the way, I am liking... I'm liking France, guys. I still believe in them. I think they had, a, they had an off Euro. It's the, it's the same pattern. They go to the, they do they do well-ish in the Euros. They underperform, they lose, and they go to World Cup, and they win. They go to the Euros, they underperform, and then they lose, and then they go to the World Cup again. And it's, it's their last time. It's Conte's last one. They're going to do it. France. All right. Now we're the first to predict those two things. Olympics coming up soon. Haven't heard any talk about that. Who wins the Olympics? Um, it's going to be Nathan Chen. Okay. For men's figure skating. And for the women, it's going to be a one, two, three finish for the Russian women's skaters. Um, I got the whole download. I went on a little road trip with my mom recently down to uh, Memphis and Nashville. And uh, it meant we talked a lot. And so I learned that she has been really keeping up with figure skating and that the U.S. women have no chance. Potentially one person will finish in the top 10, but really it's going to be a one, two, three finish for the Russian figure skaters. Um, wow. And then Nathan Nathan Chen for the men. So, wow, I'm sorry. I blacked out there for a second. I know what happened. <laughs> we were just talking figure skating. Yeah. Whoa. Olympics. Uh-huh. Favorite event? I see favorite event. Cross-country skiing. Uh, favorite event. You know, I do like um, to watch cross-country skiers because it's just astounding how fast they move and how good they are. Uh, just great athletes. Um, I like the, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the name. Maybe you guys can help me. It's cross-country skiing, but you got a gun, You have a gun on your back and you shoot targets. Um, 
Skior Skiorning? No. Okay, biathlon. It's the biathlon. Nice. Ooh, um, nice. So the, that's really fun. Also, I like the flashy stuff. I like, you know, the skiers going off crazy jumps and doing tricks and the snowboard. Half stuff. pipe. Um, half pipe action. No NHL players are playing. They're not allowed to play in the Olympics this time around, which is unfortunate. Hockey's always a good time, but maybe the young the young stars from these countries can put up a good a good show for us. Was that was that not what happened with um with uh, the miracle miracle on ice that whole thing was that not just a bunch of amateurs or were there also NHL? It was amateurs. It was all amateurs, yep. right? Amateur college hour. kids, a lot of college kids. So yep. maybe there could be another miracle. Could see a repeat. What do you what what, what event are you excited for? I'm excited for curling. Curling always gets oh, me going. Good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get to EPL, on a more serious note, I heard about this New Year's tradition, and I want to get your take on it, if there's something you would do. I heard that your New Year's resolutions will come true if you, one of those uh, those party blowers that make noise like, eh, when you blow into it, I heard that if you blow that at every hour of the night on New Year's, it makes your resolutions come true, and it's kind of a superstitious thing. Do you buy that? I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. All hours of the night. So we're talking. All like, hours are like at each hour, like at each hour. It, like once on the hour. Right. On, which kind of means you do need to be up all night or set alarms. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think physically, like like physics, that that that's not how it works. I do. It, you could argue it does. You know, it, it really sears in your brain every time you blow, every time you make that noise. It's like, oh, this resolution, this resolution. And it kind of gets it in your head but it, it could count it could it could be annoying at a certain point i don't know i'm jury's out do you try it this year no that's why i asked you i figured maybe one of you guys tried it yeah icy smiling it almost looks like he tried it and is bashful about saying so you, you know i gave it a i gave it a whirl at uh, 10 p.m <laughs> right before <laughs> before it turned midnight and then uh, actually my i blew all the air out of my lungs and so i lost my voice and i had my lungs couldn't retain the level of, of air needed to blow back into it you know suffering from covid and like all that stuff it just took it took a beating on me so uh one one blow for the 10 of 10 p.m hour and i was done so i'll get one wish i'll get one thing come true this year for a resolution that's crazy though, because you were saying to us on the pod before we took a break in December that your wish was for your voice to go out. Yep. So that almost makes me want to try it next year. I was there. I remember that. <laughs> Dang, I didn't even think about that. So I've, I've already checked it off. I've already checked it off my list. Huge. It's only January second. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Massive. All right. Well, other wishes. Perhaps this morning didn't come true. We'll start with Chelsea-Liverpool. It was the most recent game before we look back at the rest of December, all the craziness in EPL. What a game it was, though. Exciting game in the first half. Both teams had their their say. Yeah, it was fun. It was... Uh, I'll give the Liverpool a passing grade. It was definitely not their best performance. I thought Chelsea had a better game plan. It was unfortunate. Klopp wasn't on the touchline. Uh, he has COVID, so he couldn't be there. Um I, I just I do think he instills a little bit more energy and and uh, confidence in the team. They were under pressure a lot. Chelsea did a good job of, of pressuring the backs, and so they Liverpool seemed flustered. They didn't they 
passed horribly in the beginning, I thought, maybe throughout the entire game. They just never strung together a lot of passes. Uh, look, Mo had a great goal. Um, Sadio Mane capitalized on a mistake. So capitalizing on mistakes, huge. It's important in the Prem, obviously, to, to just finish all the chances that you get. So some positives there. Uh, overall, I thought they were they were exposed in the back. Chelsea almost scored like four in a row at the end of the first half. Um, so 2-2. Now the Chelsea, both, both games between these teams have been ties. So there's really not too much separating them, which is kind of cool uh, in terms of just the competitiveness between the clubs. And I do think I'll say it again. Henderson, it's he's actually he's actually a solid player generally, but when he plays Chelsea, he is hot trash. So I think it's just his kryptonite, Chelsea. Um, he was a non-factor today. So do you think do you think Henderson's kryptonite is just good, like better teams, like teams that are like okay? Like, do you think that's the kryptonite? Potentially, I think you know, obviously playing against a better a, a better team is uh, is hard for anyone. But I think it was just the way they press. I think Chelsea just honestly had a good press. Um, Liverpool had just not much time on the ball at all, which is what they are used to. It, it really is a, a way to beat Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool found success when they were doing the one-two touches. Uh, they just didn't do enough of that. And I think that's where a city thrives. When they need to do one-two touches, it's very automatic, and then they just break defenses. So, you know, Liverpool needs uh, to do a lot more to, to really compete for the top of the table. Do you think if Liverpool played the entire second half down a man that Chelsea would have come out on top? Uh, no, definitely not. Nope. Okay. Then it would have been a true draw, a true draw in the season. That would have been a tie. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I think we forget Chelsea was down a player the entire second half and didn't let up. Yeah, That was their fault. That was impressive. Chelsea, Chelsea's work rate, especially Pulisic who scored by the way, which was exciting for him. And because the U.S. will win the World Cup, people are going to look back on this moment and be like, this is when he turned it around. <laughs> yep. And you were also saying in your your video I see that we put out on YouTube a while ago, talking about how much he's going to play this year, how many games he's going to start. I think he started, I mean, he definitely started the last two, maybe the last three, yeah. or there was one in between. But he's now that he's healthy and Lukaku's gotten on Tuchel and Chelsea's bad side, like he's going to play a lot. He's just one of their better players, which is great to see. And his work rate, first at right wing and then at right outside back, playing all 90 minutes was pretty extreme and it kind of represented the whole Chelsea Chelsea's team team mentality heading into the game and they they had to fight back like they clawed back into it and then they were on the front foot for most of the second half 30 40 minutes in the second half uh I I wonder what that game would have looked like with Robertson in there um Pulisic going up against Semikas was was uh still a a decent battle and, and they kept on feeding Pulisic too they kept on coming right back and back and back but um you know, games like these where where you see someone like Robertson step in and actually bring more of an offensive output to the game really changes things. Um, so, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen Pulisic versus Robertson go a little bit more. Um, Kovacic, once again, just being in a kind of low-key, like impressive baller in the midfield. What a shot, yeah. what a finish. Um, and his his just low center of gravity, the way he plays, where he like literally kind of gets horizontal to the ground and and is uh, and just and kind of like swings around the pitch is is just so so impressive. Um, Eli's computer just uh, kaput with like a lot of battery left. That's great. Always Anyways. a good time. <laughs> But you mentioned the, the next place I wanted to, to go. I see is you mentioned City, and they've been on the 
the best tear of late out of any of these teams in December and possibly one game before, one game after. They've won five straight. They're 10 points clear. At least I, th- I think that's what my computer said before it just died. Yeah. Is this like, is this December just solidifying the title race for them that no, neither Chelsea, Liverpool are in second and third or Arsenal, Man U, Tottenham, the teams behind just no one can catch them because of how strong their end of 2021 was? It's, it's so frustrating that City gets on these wild streaks. Um, and I hope that they're peaking early and that their streak for every season, you know, they usually have a good one, that this is their streak and then they will taper off, I don't know, come January, February, um, and maybe get some draws. I, they, they've really managed to scrape away wins, and I hate it, but it's impressive. I didn't watch the Rodri 90-plus three-minute goal, but sounded just like a miraculous save of three points and I don't know maybe I'm a Liverpool maybe just because I'm a Liverpool fan but it feels like these close ones always go City's way and maybe 2022 we'll see the end of that which would be good yeah we all we all want parity we all we all want to race it was very exciting when you had I mean it feels like it, it feels like a long time ago now but you know, once upon a time this year, we had a, a three, three, almost four horse race. And, uh, and, uh, and that's, that's really fallen off pretty hard. I think the, the, the question we're all kind of grappling with is we know that city's probably going to run away with it unless they really need to trip up against a bottom, you know, five team. If, if there's yeah. going to be any chance, um, and maybe like, even two to three games it, in a row, exactly. if there's going to be a chance, they need they to just plummet, fall flat and, and struggle. Uh, so then if that's it, so if that doesn't happen and city secures the top place, the question then is, well, okay, who gets fifth place, right? <laughs> like who is going to round out, uh, the Europa league spot. Um, and right now you have to say, uh, it's a, it's going to be a tight one between United, Tottenham, West Ham and, uh, and Arsenal. It's going to, it's hard to pick who's, who's going fifth there, isn't it? Uh, that I mean, as we we kind of just talk about the fifth spot every so often, and it's going to be a great race for that spot. It really is. I think that might be the race of the of the season. Uh, but yeah, just j- taking a quick look, there are all these little tiers, right? Man City's at its own tier, Chelsea, Liverpool at a tier. You got the next four teams fighting for that fifth, and then Brighton, Wolves. Yeah, it's funny how that works, but um, everyone's kind of fighting for their own block of the table. It's like, uh, oh, also, I did want to tell you guys, uh, Eli wanted me to say this out loud just for the Foss and everyone. We are transitioning this podcast uh, in 2022 to not just soccer, but we also will be incorporating a lot of Formula One. Um, we're, we all got into it. We're all loving it. Uh, it's great. It's a great time. If you haven't watched on Netflix, Drive to Survive, do that immediately. Get on board. Um Eli and I and Jonesy will eventually get there with us. Um, we'll be talking start of the season coming up and you know talk about the new cars. Um, why did I pivot there? I just did because, you know, oh, because in Formula One, they talk about the mid-tier teams. You got the top three, Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, and then it's the midfield. We kind of got that in the prem. After the top seven, it's the midfield, the mid-table. Starts with Brighton. So is Brighton the best of the midfield? Those mid-table teams. They look like it. Love the analogy. And that, on top of some insight, which is in our Spotify wrapped, we have a lot of viewers from around the globe. So pretty likely we've got some Formula One fans. You know, if a lot of our a lot of our listeners are in Abu Dhabi, 
mm-hmm. or um, Mexico or Australia. I'm trying to think where else the races Monaco. are throughout the year. Monaco. Yes. Thank you. Monaco, Texas. There was one in Texas. That's pretty much where our viewers are split between those five places. So yeah, we're going to be talking a lot of Formula One, safe to say. But that, that is a good analogy, Ice. Like mid-table, the other two hottest teams in that second tier before you get to the third mid-table tier in December were Arsenal and Man U. Both of them won four out of the last five games. And uh, Arsenal really turned it around. Man U also kind of turned it around, bringing in the new manager. Who knows how much that helped? It was a short amount of time. What do you think, Jones? Man U, Arsenal, who's got more, more momentum? Is Man U's comeback, you know, quote-unquote comeback for real? You know, it's um, I, I think Arsenal, you'd have to argue, is definitely a hotter team at the moment, considering they have uh, been so clinical in some of their their wins, whereas United has kind of stumbled their way through a relatively positive record. Uh, United technically, since Ole has left, have won like four or five games and drawn two, something like that. So, it, you know the 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 ship has been corrected more or less. I think the biggest difference between Arsenal and United though is the expectations for Arsenal are much lower than they are for United. And so it's easier for Arsenal to surpass those expectations and be viewed as uh, very much outperforming or overperforming or looking great. And whereas United unless United really uh, uh, systematically demolishes teams, people will not be thinking that they are playing that well. Um, so at the moment, you'd have to you'd have to think that based on form, Arsenal probably sticks it out and in, in potentially in fourth. I don't think they have the depth in the team to necessarily maintain it. I think one or two injuries could kind of set them back. Um, Tottenham's like really you know righted their ship as well. They've they've got a, a pure shape to them um, where where you could see them maintaining some type of form. West Ham is West Ham. Uh, they've been resilient. Um, I think United and Tottenham both having two games in hand, two or three games in hand, will will re right size this uh, table a little bit for us. But um, uh, I think I still stand with what I said before. Leicester City gonna get fifth. Uh, I can smell no <laughs> Leicester's just really they're having an interesting year. I think they've they they, they might have turned a corner with that win over with that win over Liverpool, but um, still more to come. We'll see how they if they fare with Everton. We, we could, yeah, I could just keep going up and down this table. It's it's just there's so much to talk about. Ultimately, it does seem like City's kind of got it, I suppose. Fifth place. I'm giving fifth place to Arsenal. I'm saying it now. Fifth place, Arsenal. Arsenal. Uh, the top six are, they look like the top, or the top seven, I should say, even looks like who we would have predicted to be in the top seven, who we did predict to be in the top seven. Maybe we would have put Brighton yeah. over West Ham, do you think? I still remember to this day, uh, after last season, I mentioned I asked you guys, or I remember saying to Eli, I am shocked Declan Rice has stayed with West Ham. Um, and he did. And the, the team is looking good. And they're they're really performing well. So kudos to Declan for staying. That's sick. And the team is fun. Very fun to watch. I'm not sure what their budgetary numbers are like relative to the other teams, but it seems like they're doing a lot with a little, which is I love to see that. Teams on the other end of the spectrum, that bottom tier, that, um, oh yeah, I'm going to blank now. I see, help me. Formula One, the... Uh, Haas or... Yes, Haas. Haas, that's what I was thinking. They scored zero top 10 finishes in like 20 races. Neither of their two drivers ever finished in the top 10. And they pretty much 
crash out in the um, qualifying every time. It's like Mazepin and whoever the other driver is. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not uh, Grosjean. Grosjean? Gr- it used to be Grosjean. Then he had that bad accident, moved to NAS, you know, uh, Indy 500 or some other American oh. racing. So they've some, it's, it was Mazepin. Oh, yeah. They got new guys. Yeah. Schumacher. It might be Mick Schumacher. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Yeah, we're pretty big Formula One fans. We're going to be talking a lot more Formula One, so stay tuned if you love Formula One and you need some advice, insight, like who predictions on who's going to win the season, full breakdowns of the cars, dynamics, all that kind of stuff heading into next year. <laughs> but on the other end, in the EPL, something we're also well-versed in, worst Decembers, Norwich and Watford. Both teams lost all five games. So two of the teams that, that came up, got promoted last year, uh, are finally starting to struggle Norwich struggled won a couple of games and it was like oh my god they can win and now they've lost their last five same with Watford <laughs> so Norwich is at eight points ten, ten, points. ten, ten, ten points. points oh they broke they're ten. still in it Damn. they're still in it All right, yeah good for they're, them. they're one win back from potentially being out of I mean goal difference but they oh, win two more games <laughs> they just need to find you know here and there win two games and they won't get relegated it doesn't help that they've uh scored well they've got what they've got they still <laughs> burnley and watford have either a game or two games in hand with uh with sure. norwich that's kind of brutal sure. does newcastle get out of there what happens in the i was just gonna say i mean with their huge uh spending power now come open transfer window you gotta think that they're gonna save themselves it would be hilarious if they don't it it, it does really it really does feel like um uh like it's just such a waste of money. I mean, going down to the championship for a season isn't like isn't the worst thing in the world. It yeah. might be a nice reset button for them to to kind of uh, restructure a little bit and, and and build and get some some talented young guys in there. But um, but it does feel like you're losing so much revenue uh, if you're trying to really jumpstart this team. Going back down a division doesn't really. That feels like a very inefficient step. Uh, so it sounds like they'll probably get price gouged this winter. We'll see. Maybe Martial to Newcastle. Who knows? Holland, Mbappe. Remember when those were the rumors? <laughs> My all God. over yeah. when the new owners. Dude, they're over. still Mbappe they're still going around. Newcastle. All these real you know memes and stuff of uh, Mbappe and Holland whipping down to the Newcastle eight headquarters or whatever the field, um, <laughs> going on their million dollar a week contracts. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, I think I think any player who's approached by Newcastle has more leverage than normal. I think in terms of how much you can actually get out of a Newcastle, it's like, all right, you're coming to me because you think I can help you guys out. I want I want X contract, and it'd be it'd be tough for Newcastle to say, no, can't do that. They're fighting for their lives. Right. They're fighting for their lives. They're bottom of the table. They they you the player have all the leverage in that. In that relationship, or uh, in that that yeah that offer, I suppose negotiation. I want Lingard, a free Lingard. All right, come on, Jones. We got to be on. We got to be thinking the same thing. Are you okay? Are you guys bigger free Lingard or free Van de Beek? Who who Lingard. who needs who needs game time? I love Lingard, yeah. especially yeah. after his stint on West Ham last season. Yeah. Three or four games, goals in a row. The world was happier for a moment, for a very brief spell. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's too good. United United's like use of Lingard and Van de Beek has been strictly in the you know it's it those are the um the glass like break break the glass for the axe kind of thing. That's what Van de Beek and Lingard are. They're like in case Bruno goes down, then you can use these guys, and it's it's stockpiling. It's it's really gross. It's not even like working. Like why why do you have all of that? Um, the one rumor I do like is Hazard to Newcastle. I really love that idea of of him heading over there. Um, and getting wow. some tick and coming back to the prem, but I don't know. I feel like I'd be he's kind of washed. To do that. Yeah, it would, it would is he be not like, washed. I mean, it would seem well. It would you would definitely be washed if he's going to Newcastle after, you know, Chelsea. I just feel like he has so many injury problems. Yeah, hasn't he had a bunch? Yeah, no, he has. Yeah. He's outy. Last topic on everyone's minds. You mentioned at the start, COVID in the Premier League. They never, the the board, everyone met and decided, hey, we're not going to pause the league. We're, we're going to move forward, continue playing matches and canceling here and there when we need to, when individual teams have enough cases that restrict them from having the number of players they need to play. I don't have the number with me on the number of games canceled so far, but it's got to be between 20 and 30, would we say? Is that too high? So in the season, I think that overall, 10 to 20? Are you predicting or how many have been posted. so far so far i don't know 20 i don't think 20 have been at least 10 yeah to 20, I, think, I think i would say 10 to 15 um, okay but i haven't counted but it seems like a, a decent a decent amount have been yeah postponed a little bit frustrating certain teams tottenham's had three weeks out uh some other team, I was just I was looking at all those FPL stats, and you see gaps in the weeks when I'm inputting data, and it's like certain teams have had two to three weeks out, multiple teams, so it feels like a lot. And of course, they're still in the midst of it, so it's not not final numbers. But what do you think about how the Premier League has handled the whole situation? I think it's been, I think it's a fine decision from for the health. Uh, so I, I guess the big thing that I want them to change is they need to punish teams that have a lot of cases. I think they're, it's not going to change, you know, these postponements suck for the fans who I do think the fans are at risk, you know, by being around so many of each other during these matches, but that's another story. But, you know, if Tottenham has half their team with COVID, that's a, that's a them issue. That's a Tottenham issue. If other teams are just fine and managing their players and everyone's healthy. I think Tottenham, if you forfeit, it's kind of like how the NFL tried to do this, where if you if your team has COVID, you will lose. You'll take an L. You'll lose that game. This postponement will just show up as a loss, and that that sucks for you. That's a, that's a huge negative. So you better keep your team healthy. Um, I think without that, it it becomes political at the end, kind of at the end of it. It's less. It's more. It's more. Um, subjective than it is objective at the end of the day when it's like okay we'll postpone because this team said that they have too many sick players and you know it sucks for the other team who's been prepping getting ready to play the match and then it's like all right guys we're not playing because this other team failed to do their job and your connection is that if that sort of rule is implemented the individual players on that team will therefore be more safe individually and take more precautions Absolutely. I think the manager will crack the whip, not even the manager, the whole executive office of a club would be like, we are not permitting nonsense on this club because where else we're going to have a loss. It also opens up the opportunity for young guys, you know, get those bench players in. If some of the, some of the main starters are being idiots, then you, you open up the door for these young guys. What do you think Jones? 
Yep. No, but it's just going to be an issue. You can't overthink it. I think the the only thing I could really add to this is that it's going to affect fantasy Premier League games, and you'll have a lot of double weeks, which will be very interesting. Um, and uh, and that hey, that's exciting. As long as no one's dying, you know. Ultimately, is is everyone still healthy and stuff? That's good. I'm not losing money. I'm not betting on this. So I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Concerned, um, <laughs> brother. I was losing money on the situation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Um, but I do think it should make for some fun twists and turns in the in the fantasy the fantasy world, um, or the real world, whichever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> you could also have a situation where, come the end of the season, I guess it's still really important to them that the final day everyone mm-hmm. plays at the same time. I was going to say you have a situation where some team has two games left, everyone's done, and if they win both games, it makes a difference for standings and implications but they'd probably squeeze them in before and push back the final day if they need to, which will be also an issue for teams that have to make up three games in a stretch of two weeks or something at the end of the year. It definitely feels like a disservice for potentially potentially top four teams in that they are likely going to be potentially a little further in the Champions League, thus pushing back when they have to play their double game weeks. And that could absolutely crush them towards the end of the season. Uh, like if City get has like three, you know, TBC games, I believe they're like categorized in the in the premiere in the fantasy app, um, and they're playing these games in a tight schedule. I don't know. Could could create even more drama. It already does create drama. It is drama. I like drama. Hey, everything is just such a mess in twenty twenty two. Especially you, know, you got COVID to juggle. You've got. You know, domestic leagues, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, all that jazz. On top of the World Cup, like the Cup of Cups is at the end of the year. And so there'll be international duty. Players are going to be very much wanting to perform well there. Um, It's just a lot. So when you have these postponements, it's like, where do we fit in this extra game that's going to be a massive game at the Prem level amongst the the already chaotic schedules of all these players? It's, It's a mess. It's a headache. And... Um, you know, a city finds themselves in a nice position. I don't think Pep would say this now, but you can you could probably throw away some games, you know, if you have such a lead. It's like, okay, it's kind of what uh, Liverpool and those big teams do for the Carabao Cup. It's like, okay, the, the second string you're in, play well. This is a fun, it's a nice trophy if we get it. It's not the end of the world, but um, I know we might see some of that stuff happen more. It's bound to be an interesting 2022, that's for sure. And if you want to get a headache every week, keep listening to us because we'll be here chatting. The fellas will be here for you and we'll be here for each other. And we wish you a happy New Year's and keep keep listening to us. Don't listen to any, anybody no. else. Just us. Just the Silky 11 boys. Try to figure out what that means. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next week. (laughs) See you next week. We'll see you next week. See you next. We're going to see you next week.